For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup sea foam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on sea foam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. Following President Trump's public declaration of support last week for permanently funding the popular Land and Water Conservation Fund and addressing the public lands maintenance backlog, a bipartisan group of senators introduced a bill to do just that. S-3422, the Great American Outdoors Act, introduced March 9th would dedicate the full $900 million annually to the Land and Water Conservation Fund, as well as providing an additional $1.9 billion annually to address massive maintenance backlogs on federal public lands and facilities. Senator Martin Heinrich of New Mexico, one of the original sponsors of the legislation, called it a, quote, once-in-a-lifetime deal. In an exclusive interview with the Meat Eater, the Land and Water Conservation Fund passed in the early 60s, but in recent years, the best we've done is to fund it at about half. To have full and permanent funding, this has been the holy grail for a long time. And to pair that up with being able to really address the backlog and trail maintenance and visitor centers and all the other things that our outdoor public lands economy relies on, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, said Senator Heinrich out of New Mexico. The bill already has 54 co-sponsors in the Senate from both parties, Again, both parties, that is what bipartisan means, and that is what gets things done. As a bonus, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who sets the vote schedule, is a co-sponsor of the bill. Many members of the upper chamber of Congress are hoping to put the bill to a vote within a week or two. Only six more co-sponsors would form a rare supermajority. A supermajority brings with it the possibility of little to no floor debate, 
and no yahoos coming out of the woodwork trying to introduce damaging amendments. This bill arrives in the wake of President Trump's tweet in support of the idea and in support of two Republican senators up for re-election. Some see political theater at play here, but if you are on the side of wild lands, wild places, and having the ability to enjoy them, who cares about the theater? We have a rare opportunity for results. Senator Heinrich goes on to say, Well, sometimes it's helpful to have an election or two to focus the mind, and I think that may have had some impact on this debate. But whether people's motivations are political or not, this is the right thing to do. I've been fighting these LWCF fights for over 20 years. This is an enormous opportunity, and the one way you can get rid of all that issue fatigue is to do the right thing once and for all. Can you imagine not having to fight for land and water conservation funding every year? No more old Callahan having to harp on you to call your elected officials because we actually got it done? The Land and Water Conservation Fund was established in 1964 to reinvest royalties from offshore oil and gas drilling into public parks, access, and recreation. Those funds have gone into more than 40,000 such projects nationwide. LWCF sunset in 2015 and again in 2018. You know, sunset is a warmer term for letting something lapse. Like, uh, I didn't pay my rent, I let my rent sunset. Anyway, LWCF was then permanently reauthorized last February. The fund accrues up to $900 million annually, but that full amount has only been appropriated twice. Typically, more than half gets siphoned off for other purposes. This new bill will ensure that all of the money goes into conserving land and water resources every year. The National Park Service, which manages many of America's marquee public lands, from Yosemite to Yellowstone to Great Smoky Mountain, has accumulated some $12 billion worth of deferred maintenance projects in recent years, from potholed roads to public restrooms. This act would provide $1.3 billion annually until 2025 to address these problems. It would also provide $285 million annually to the U.S. Forest Service for the same kinds of issues, as well as around $95 million each to the Bureau of Land Management, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and the Bureau of Indian Education. Lantani, president and CEO of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, was among the conservation leaders working hard to get maintenance funding for the Forest Service, Fish and Wildlife Service, and BLM included. He said the Great American Outdoors Act speaks to many of the biggest priorities of the conservation community. Increased deferred maintenance funding for these important public land management agencies is widely supported by diverse stakeholders. Together with dedicated LWCF funding, this support for our land managers will offer tangible benefits to our public lands, waters, and wildlife and the outdoor-reliant economies, communities, and individuals who depend on them. Sportsmen and women thank our Senate leaders for recognizing the crucial importance of these strategic investments. Though introduction in the Senate is a big step forward, nothing is ever guaranteed in Congress. Senator Heinrich goes on to say, I think the scale of this in history is really important, so let's not screw it up. Let's all come together and work together to get this thing across the finish line. It's not done until the ink dries at the White House. People could change their minds. This president has been known to change his mind. So we have to keep the pressure on right to the very end. And that, my friends, is exactly what we need to do. This week's call to action is so important 
it is our lead story. I am setting a preliminary goal for all of us listening to this podcast to get only six more co-sponsors for the Great American Outdoors Act, S3422. Call your congressional representatives. If they're co-sponsoring this bill, thank them. If they're not, ask why not. This is one of the most important pieces of legislation for hunters and anglers in this decade. We might not ever get another chance to achieve these goals. The time is now. As simple as I can make it. Type, who is my congressman, into the old search bar. You will enter your zip code, and you will get your congressional representative. Email, call, write a letter. You can also fill out form letters provided by great groups like Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Form letters can do some of the heavy lifting for you, and you don't have to sign up for the conservation organization. But, you know, you should think about it. This is so important. I am tempted to tell you again. Let's get those additional co-sponsors. Let's make the Great American Outdoors Act S3422 a win. For even more information on this one, check out Sam Lundgren's fantastic bit of journalism at TheMeatEater.com. One last note, when LWCF came on the scene, it passed the Senate 92 to 1. That's a high bar to beat, but I think we can do it. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. You've heard that name before because I've talked about them here on this podcast. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. Now, it's wild access deer, which is an invasive species, but this operation is monitored and observed by the USDA, and they can commercially sell axis deer. Last time I went out to uh, Maui to hunt axis, I did not kill one, which is where Maui Nui Venison would come in very handy for folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful and still want to have something in the freezer or uh, handy in the form of a snack stick 
that is as close to getting your own as you can get, which is what Maui Nui Venison is. You can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. And use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. This week, hot lizards, great whites, listener questions, more tales from the ice, and keeping it local. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. Well, it has been one heck of a week for you longtime listeners. It may sound a bit repetitive, but this is new, I swear. I met up with Garrett Smith and his dad, Phil. Phil is a former Mile City, Montana semi-famous guitar picker who, in my opinion, should have been prevented from leaving the town of Mile City, home of the Cowboys, by the way, on account of the fact that having this genuine and generous music maker as part of your town and tax base generally makes it more superior than the next town over. And you may know Garrett by his nickname and Instagram handle, Dirt Myth. He has many of his father's attributes, but he also takes amazing pictures and once rode a charging grizzly bear on Alaska's Fognac Island. Anyway, I met up with the Smiths and used some motorized backcountry vehicles to access a frozen lake to camp and fish for a few days. I drove a Can-Am Defender with long powder tracks. It's essentially like having a snowmobile strapped to each foot. It's fun and an efficient way to travel across snow. Most importantly, I placed on the windshield of my embarrassingly fancy ride an off-road vehicle sticker, which if you are going to ride off-road, you need to purchase. This is a tax that ultimately provides an incredible amount of funding for trail maintenance in every state. On top of that, it is a new license year in Montana. The three of us had to purchase new fishing and conservation licenses. Then we bought a bunch of fishing stuff, which contributes to an excise tax called Dingle Johnson. Then we bought gas, food, and generally just made folks smile as we bumped into them in the small town that we met and geared up in. What I'm saying is, these outdoor pursuits are highly impactful. We even caught a few fish. One thing that I suppose I knew, but had never taken proper stock of due to the fact that I had different cleaning method, is uh, a burbot, as I mentioned last week, a freshwater cod or gladiform. That burbot, his heart, is located at the very rear of the body cavity, as in the heart is closer to the tail than the anal vent. Anal vent, of course, is a classier way of saying uni-hole. I don't know. Is it classy enough? Anyway... I was hoping someone could write in and tell me what the advantage is of this most posterior of heart locales. Then, in local news, a bunch of folks from Steel Power Equipment showed up here in Bozeman. We joined the Gallatin Valley Land Trust, as well as the Montana Conservation Corps in doing a bit of trail work while trying out all their new saws. We used uh, battery-powered saws, which worked like a quiet dream, until I got too self-conscious, thinking that all the hard-working MCC folks would uh, think that the quiet meant that we were just sitting on our duffs not doing anything because they couldn't hear the saws. Then we fired up the gas saws and made some sawdust and some big piles. I thought it very, very cool that the folks from Steel were willing to take a day to do work on a local project, especially with all that shiny new equipment. So thanks a bunch to them. Also, thank you to the Gallatin Valley Land Trust and Peter Brown, their head of stewardship, for letting us jump in and volunteer. The GVLT has a bunch of great projects that actually get overlooked because of their relatively small size acreage-wise. But as we saw, no pun intended, a small parcel can provide a lot of access to the general public. 
The GVLT can purchase and hold land privately, provide easements, and also transfer or sell that land to the U.S. Forest Service for permanent access. The MCC, Montana Conservation Corps, did 2,000 miles of trail work last year. If you ever get the chance to go do some volunteering with them, do it. It is very insightful to see where the boot leather hits the trail. Moving on to a quick listener question. We are back to turkey season, and Star, with two R's, writes in, in anticipation of he and his son's first turkey hunt, asking why is it frowned upon to shoot a turkey when it is in full strut? For those of you who do not know, typically a hunter aims for the turkey's head, both to ensure a fast kill and to minimize damaging meat. It is ideal to stop a turkey with a putt to get the bird to stretch his head high and alert. This puts the bird's head as far from the bulk of the meat as possible. When a turkey is in full strut, the head is still elevated from the breast, but not by nearly as much. Depending on your shooting angle, pellets from your shotgun may damage some meat. That is the reason for the frowning. Use your best judgment. I only have a couple of days of turkey hunting this year, and I love having the meat in the freezer. I also use this turkey shot by Federal Ammunition called TSS, and it tends to make very small holes that zip through the bird, and I just don't see that much trauma if my pellets go low. Which is, sorry, a very long way of saying, things aren't always perfect, take the shot. When you and your son have a bunch of time and a few turkeys under your belts after several seasons, you can get much more picky. Good luck out there and watch out for ticks on your soft parts. Brandon from central Indiana writes in, My buck for muzzleloader season had small fangs when I was prepping the skull to boil. I have hunted this property for several years, and four years ago my wife, Lindsay, shot an antler doe. She was about 90-some pounds and had 7-inch velveted spikes. I have heard of this before, but still rare. So the fangs aren't the first oddity we have seen on this farm. So I'm asking, Cal, have you ever seen or heard of a white-tailed deer with fangs or mule deer for that matter? Thanks for your time and keep up the good work. In response, there are actually several different fanged or tusked deer in the world. The non-native but still living inhabitant to North America is the Sika deer that inhabits Maryland's Chesapeake Bay. Fangs or tusks were once a prominent feature on all of our deer here in North America. Eventually, the antlers took over the game in regards to winning sexual favor through display. One fun fact, and possible leftover from that tusked period, is the black patches on the chins of whitetail and mule deer. Those black patches would have provided a very nice backdrop for the protruding white tusk or fang from the upper gum making the tusk all the more visible. Female deer sprouting antlers is not completely uncommon, but it isn't a throwback to an earlier time either. According to the Quality Deer Management Association, female deer sprouting antlers is most commonly a result of abnormally high testosterone levels. In very rare cases, you may find an antler doe that has prominent female genitalia and recessed male genitalia. Considering how many people think does taste better than bucks, That's kind of like having it all. And speaking of having it all, we're going to slide over to our herpetology desk. Charlie, a female Komodo dragon, just gave birth at the Chattanooga Zoo in Tennessee. Charlie did this without a male counterpart. That is called independence. It is also called parthenogenesis, 
which is, as you can imagine, very rare in vertebrates. In fact, Komodo dragons were not even known to have this ability until 2006, according to Scientific American. Parthenogenesis is when an embryo forms from an unfertilized egg cell. Some species have evolved to solely reproduce this way, but the Komodo dragon participates in what is called facultative parthenogenesis, essentially meaning that Charlie had the choice to reproduce without involving a male dragon. Considering how well-known Komodo dragons are for their aggressiveness, bacteria-filled bites, and general preference for solitude, it's easy to see how the solo reproduction route could have developed. Adult male Komodo dragons can grow to 200 pounds, measure longer than 8.5 feet in length, and have been known to take down Timor deer, which is like a semi-swamp-dwelling elk that weighs in around 300 pounds. Anyway, congrats, Charlie. One more from the Herp desk. A recent study from the journal Nature, Ecology, and Evolution shows that certain anoles, a roughly two-inch-long lizard, have evolved specifically to live in urban environments, sporting longer limbs, specialized scales, and larger toe pads, allowing the lizard to more effectively maneuver the urban jungle or desert in this case. These urban anoles, when compared to their forest-dwelling counterparts, were able to function and tolerate much higher heat levels, which, considering how hot and how much hotter our urban environments are getting, is a trait worth taking note of. These urbanophilic anoles, a term coined by their lead researcher, biologist Kristen Winchell, were able to function normally at 104 degrees and, on average, 1.47 degrees hotter than other anole populations. More neat stuff for sure, but it is the plasticity, the ability for this animal to change its behavior to its environment and possibly select for the wide range of genes that allow for the increased heat tolerance that makes this tiny lizard so hot right now. In herpetological circles, that is. He's so hot right now! Now we're gonna swim menacingly over to our shark desk. I'm talking great whites, of course. In order to do this, I have to mention Jaws. One of my favorite all-time movies. If you are also a Jaws fan and fancy yourself a bit of a fisherman, check out our new senior fishing editor, Joe Cermelli's article at TheMeatEater.com titled, Would Quince Real Have Cranked in Jaws? First, Joe, it's Captain Quint. The movie is getting old, but let's not strip the colorful captain of his title. The whole damn thing. Second... The answer is available at TheMeatEater.com. Go find it and welcome Joe Cermelli to the Meat Eater team. Also on the topic of great whites and not covered by Joe, the bite and spit technique. Formerly known, of course, as the bite and spit hypothesis. First proposed by ichthyologist John McCosker in 1985, according to Forbes, is just that. The idea that a great white shark, which, by watching Shark Week, we know, always violently seizes its prey, launching it out of the water, shaking it with their massive, powerful heads, shredding the helpless pinniped into a bloody red pulp, maybe doesn't always eat that way? Sometimes, like in the instance described recently in the journal Marine and Freshwater Research, the great white will attack a victim with one powerful bite, then spit its prey out 
and let it bleed. To be honest, the incidents described here involves two 13-plus-foot great whites. Yes, Captain Quince, possible 14-footers with two tons on them, biting a live, swimming, humpback whale, which can grow to 60-plus feet and 40-plus tons, so saying the shark spit out the whale is probably less accurate than bite and let go. In this case, the great whites bit and spit in 40-minute intervals, allowing the more than likely very sick humpback whale to lose blood until it eventually sank. The sinking of the humpback simultaneously accomplished the first ever observed attack of a live swimming humpback whale by great white sharks while turning the bite and spit hypothesis to the bite and spit technique. And last but not least, we're going to finish things up by moving over to our ever popular law enforcement desk. Three, quote, brothers belonging to a University of Georgia fraternity dumped the remains of a couple raccoons, two dead rats, and a skinned coyote on the porch of another fraternity house and got caught for it. The brothers were fined, but not with animal cruelty, as the critters were legally harvested for their hides. According to police reports, there was some yelling and drinking involved as well. Come on, boys. Animals need to be treated with respect. Trapping in this country has enough problems. It doesn't need the additional PR problem of being associated with the polo shirt, flip-flop, and khaki short-short-wearing fraternity crowd. Because when the going gets tough... A tough get going! That's all I've got for you this week. Go call your darn duly elected congressional representatives and tell them to co-sponsor the Great American Outdoors Act. In addition, please let me know what I'm missing by writing in to A-S-K-C-A-L at TheMeatEater.com. That's AskCal at TheMeatEater.com. If you are loving what you're hearing, tell some friends to subscribe and leave me a review by hitting that furthest right-hand star wherever you download your podcasts. I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks, sent right to your door visit mauinuivenison.com that's m-a-u-i-n-u-i venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order